Hello and welcome to another episode of Scrapcom Talks. I'm your host, Jafar Hasnan. Today we will be talking about nation branding. And to discuss it with us, joining me today is Todd Babiak. He is the CEO of Brand Tasmania. Thank you very much, Todd, for taking out the time. Thank you, Jaffer. It's an honor to talk to you. All right, uh, Todd, first and foremost, tell us a bit more about yourself and the company that you lead. Well, in about 2010, I started working first in France on using narrative for strategy. And in the beginning, it was mostly about products, but I realized the relationship between product, place, and people is so crucial. And we began our, our company, it was called Story Engine, and we began working slowly with universities and then cities, uh, getting outside of products and then moving into place, culture, and people. And we realized in the beginning, we were trying to do our work the way we do with products, you know, do a little bit of sentiment research, do some sessions with people and with the sticky notes and, a, and someone facilitating a conversation, we realized it wasn't working. Everyone was saying the same thing about every city, every state, province. And it was always about innovation and we're resilient and we're sustainable. These universal synonyms for citizen and civic goodness were just drowning us and we couldn't figure out how to differentiate the place. And so what we started to do is separate people and talk to them for an hour at a time, sometimes hundreds of interviews. And when you get people alone, it gets pretty deep uh, when you ask them, why have you chosen to live where you live? What would break your heart if you had to leave this place? What can only happen here? You've been other places, why this place? And how does it fit you? And over time we began to see, especially when people gave us examples, that there was a narrative that repeated itself over time. And when people chose to be of a place, that narrative had some consistency to it. And so that's what we began doing. We created what we'd call them a master story for a place. And uh, over time, as we worked with more and more clients, I got to travel and understand different places, different cultures, using the techniques of narrative. And eventually in 2017, originally, I got a call from this place called Tasmania. I'd never been, I didn't even know much about it. Flew over here and in, in the end did three different projects, worked on a city brand, a state brand, and then attaching tourism to it. And then when they started this organization, Brand Tasmania, using the work I'd done, I thought, wouldn't it be nice not to travel so much and maybe see if I could actually implement something, not just be a consultant. And here I am at Brand Tasmania. All right, uh, that's a great story, Todd. Now, as you know, the topic of discussion today is nation branding. Uh, this is something that many, many of us uh, wonder almost every other day. How do nations market themselves? How do they brand themselves? What makes uh, for a successful uh, nation branding? What are your thoughts on this? Well, actually, I think successful is far less likely than a lack of success. It is just so complicated. It's so difficult. And like I said earlier, places, nations aren't toothpaste. We can't use, yet we try. We can't use the techniques that an advertising agency would normally use uh, to, to create a sense of identity and magic in the, in the hearts of, of our audience when we're thinking about a place, a nation especially. And so much is out of our control. Uh, the news cycle, leaders, political leaders in the short term, three, four year cycle, at least in democracies, it get in the, gets in the way. As well, people are complicated. And so disunity and, uh, and once you come up with a brand, going off brand is just so common. And so you can come out with really a beautiful strategy that an ad agency might give you. Try to lock it down. Here's your new colors. Here's your tagline. Here's your logo. It looks so nice. It's beautiful. And then a day after, uh, there's a huge international incident that tarnishes your brand or goes against everything you've been saying. So 
the lack of success, I think, is far more common than any success. Yet there are a few places who I think really stand out, and they've done this work carefully. And to me, what stands out, it's using culture first, uh, because I think as human beings, we're attracted to culture, we're attracted to narrative. And so I think that's what we try to do here is, is try to create a unifying cultural expression, and then carefully to try to unify all our efforts within that. Todd, give us some examples, please. Well, France it is a place where it probably wasn't a strategy necessarily. But France is a place that uses culture first. And uh, when I grew up in, in Canada, there was something called the Alliance Française, and every town had one. And you'd go there to learn French, but you also realize you're learning about French culture, French history. Uh, you're getting drawn into French products. You'd like to dream about going to France on a vacation, or maybe even buying property there and spending three months or, or six months. And you realize over time, it's not about, um, it's not about products, it's not about an Eiffel Tower, it's not about a mountain. It's not about anything abstract. It's actually, I would like to be French for a week. I would like to sit at that cafe, sipping espresso, looking at the people who are so stylish. I would like to go into the countryside and, and sit down by a winery and just relax a little bit. I would like to be French for a week, two weeks. And, and that is, I think, what drives people who, to want to study in France, to want to live there, to want to buy the products, to have a long-term lifetime relationship with that place. And I think that's the gold standard in many ways. And France, of course, the news cycle goes against that all the time. But that's what we're trying to do you know, here in, in Tasmania and what other countries, I think, at their best try to do. You probably can't come up with a, a tagline for France or anything that seems like an ad uh, campaign. It's just being French. And that's an example of something that is so powerful, it's hard to poke it. Okay, then let me ask you, what do you think is the best way to do what France did? How do you think other countries can achieve that? A country like Turkey or a country like France uh, with an older culture, I think, has an advantage there because you can tap into something that you see and feel all around you. Uh, it's harder in, in newer cities, newer nations. Uh, for example, Australia isn't new. It's 60,000 years old with the Aboriginal culture. But as a, as a, modern, as a modern nation, it's, it is quite new. And it's difficult to tap into what, what unites us and has united us for centuries. And so in that case, I think research is what you have to do, even in, even in a place like France or Turkey, if you want to evolve things. That's why I began talking about these individual interviews, a really deep qualitative research study to actually understand what's in the heart of the people who live in this place. And then what is it that unites all these answers we're hearing? And this isn't just the usual suspects. We'd like to look at people of all ages, new arrivals, rich, poor, men, women, all ethnicities to understand what's the magnet of this place? What makes you so proud to be here? And when we're not at our best, what's wrong? What's that tension? Okay. So I think research is really good. Okay, now Todd, uh, this is something that uh, I have been wondering since uh, our discussion at the Stratcom Summit. What role do you think a country's economy plays in creating that perception of a successful nation, a successful brand? I think, for example, right now, every country wants to have, and we use this word all the time, and I, I dislike the word because everyone says it, innovation. That's the future. Well, what if your economy isn't terribly innovative? What if your culture isn't terribly innovative? What if instead uh, you're just, you have a culture of, of boutique artisanal creators? It's kind of old-fashioned, but you're focused on something, something new. If that is what your economy is, you have to be honest about it. 
What if you have a commodity economy? Uh, what if you have an economy based in research? Whatever that might be, you have to be honest about it. Tie that to the broader culture. What motivates and drives people? And being honest about who wants to be a part of this economy and culture. Separating economy and culture to me is a mistake. I think what you want to look at is how can we take our natural strengths and use it to solve our problems and then tell a really honest story about what we can offer the world. Uh, I think too often when you look at uh, the work of nation branding, they're trying to fit into a dominant narrative of where we feel the economy is going rather than what's something that only we can do? What is uniquely Turkish? Uh, and how can we fit into the global economy in a way that no one else can? And that's hard work, but I think that's the way you you use economy and culture together. Okay. Now, Todd, most of the times culture uh, is uh, a domestic thing. It is uh, something which is native uh, to a country. How do you think uh, countries uh, which have uh, a history, for example, Turkey, uh, France, how do you think countries uh, like Turkey and France can market uh, their culture internationally? Yeah, as you say, it's, it is native. And I think you have to look deeply first at who you are, who you truly are. And so our strategy has been, let's not market ourselves internationally at all until we understand ourselves and market to ourselves. Let's build this narrative internally so that we have an engine for our pride. We have something to say when someone asks, why Turkey? If all of us, or at least have it, all of us have a chance to explain in our own words what it means to be of this special place in this special time, then I think you have something that all of your citizens can tap into and be your ambassadors. Once you're ready, once, once the Turkish people understand this is who we are, this is what we can offer the world, then I think you can start to sell it. Of course, you're going to have uh, trade and export activities throughout all of this process, but you can sharpen it and understand who your audiences might be. Not everyone is going to be attracted to what Turkey offers, but for some people, it's exactly what they're looking for. And I think if you understand yourselves, your culture, your product, what you can offer, and then start to identify who are we speaking to, it's far more elegant and successful than the sort of shotgun approach that most places have used. Uh, we're for everyone. Everyone will want to be here. Let's use the language that everyone uses. And then it's just a wash. Every nation says the same thing, does this, makes the same pitch. And in the end, it's the, it's the massive magnet economies with multi-million dollar budgets who get all the attention or, or an entertainment machine that gets into the, everyone's Netflix accounts. Okay, so first we need to figure out who we are and then we need to identify to whom uh, we can market our culture to. Now, I want to ask you about the ident identification process. How does it work and what is uh, the best way to identify uh, those people who might be interested uh, in uh, a country's culture? Yeah, once you've done the work internally, I think you start to look at, as you're saying, your, your economy. Let's say you, you have three sectors that are dominant. And, and then you understand what is culturally, culturally relevant for those sectors. Who's looking at us? Who will trust us? Who already have a feeling for us? Maybe there are five countries around the world who are your priorities. For whatever reason, these countries, there's, there's less friction between their culture and your culture. Or for whatever reason, their citizens, uh, their buyers, their consumers tend to be fascinated in you. And you don't even need to know why. The more you know, the better, of course. Uh, but then you start to do what mar the market researchers can always do for you. Who are the relevant folks? Who are the, who's the first audience, those, those early adopters who can, once you understand your own story, start telling that story in their own country and in their own markets to get that word of mouth and buzz 
And I think in our, uh, in our conversation at the summit, we talked a little bit about what's the role of social media. And that's where you can start to narrow down social media and start to tell stories that reinforce your culture and speak to these, to these audiences in a language they understand and that, that, that compels them to action. Okay, Todd, please expand on this for us. What is the role of social media when it comes to nation branding? Because certainly we all live in a global village. I suppose a, gr a great leader who is honest and authentic and can tell great stories, there's a real advantage there. But then when you understand your, let's say, three or five year strategy, and let's say we're talking a little bit about, um, about your economy, about your export markets, uh, you might understand that maybe three or four products carry the story of your nation better than anything else. So you want to work with those companies so that they're telling a story that tells the story of the nation really beautifully so that your nation branding efforts and your consumer marketing with these, with these brands that have a lot of audience and that they can start melding without, being, without feeling like uh, this is all the same thing over and over again. Uh, understanding that your economy has something to do with the international students who might want to study where you are. And that's about culture as well. Young people, of course, they're always at the vanguard of what social media is all about. The social media platforms we have for today and also Web 3.0 that's coming. When we understand the young people who are attracted to us, there's probably something in common with our, with our trade and export activities, as well as our investment activities, our workforce and talent attraction activities. So I think as long as your social media has some alignment and people understand, here, here's some words and uh, here's the plot. Here's the story we often tell in our own way through examples. And I think that's the most powerful way, not an abstract uh, expression of what Turkey is or can offer the world every single time. No, get really granular and be culturally specific about these people, these products, these experiences, these schools that can only happen here. And I think the more people you arm with that strategy, the more of a social media strategy you have that feels unified. Right. Uh, Todd, some great points there. Uh, I wish we had more time. Unfortunately, we are out of time and I'll have to wrap up this uh, here now. Thank you very much, uh, Todd, for taking out the time. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Jaffer. That was really fun. Thank you. And thanks to our audience for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now.